Can the Arizona Cardinals contend against one of the best teams in the NFC? Kevin Ostreicher of Locked On Ravens joins me for Crossover Thursday, the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Thursday. It means one thing. Crossover Thursday, Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This time, Alex Clancy, Locked On Cardinals. Kevin Ostreicher, Locked On Ravens, one of my buddies. We've kind of grown up in this together. Kevin, like, just really quick, for people that don't know Kevin, most of you don't on the Cardinals side, this dude works so hard. Like, how old are you, Kevin? I'm just going to go off the cuff here. How old are you? 25, almost 26. Got it. So I'm, I just turned 40. Okay. But the work ethic that you have is what I had at your age. And it's plain as daylight to see great follow on Twitter at, at, at chaos striker three, four uh, for all your Ravens news, especially for this week. I mean, this is going to be an incredible matchup. We'll get into the biggest storylines, how both teams got here through seven weeks, the key matchups past the victory, et cetera. But this episode of crossover Thursday is brought to you by prize picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use called use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to hundred bucks. So two teams, two different trajectories, two different first seven weeks of the season. Now that doesn't mean that these teams weren't linked in very similar ways, namely surrounding a quarterback who wanted to get paid, who hadn't gotten paid. And there were question marks surrounding health play style and just overall future in this day and age is NFL. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. Um, both have gotten paid. We haven't seen Kyler Murray in 2023 yet, but we have seen Lamar Jackson. Kevin, let's start with this. It's been the defense of the Ravens since John Harbaugh took over and probably for the last 20 years that's been like the calling card. Linebackers, corners, defensive linemen that have wreaked havoc on opposing offenses. And while that's still happening this year, to some surprise, it's the offense of the Ravens that's really been getting the headlines. Rookie Zay Flowers, Odo Beckham Jr., et cetera, Mark Andrews. Talk to me about the pseudo shift in sexiness in Baltimore, looking more like the offense and the defense in 2023, if that's accurate. Yeah, and you know, first of all, thank you for that little off the cuff, yeah, uh, off the cuff compliment there. And it's it's been really fun doing this. And I know the Ravens and Cardinals have been tied together. I think that storyline you mentioned is a key one because with Lamar, the whole thing was he wanted to be in a place where he felt like he was being utilized and where he was wanted. And I don't think there was ever, you know, the whole storyline that offseason, last offseason was well, any team that offers Lamar a deal, the Ravens are just gonna match it anyway. And for Baltimore, getting rid of Greg Roman, I think, and bringing in Todd Munkin has been one of those keys to not just unlocking the run offense. We saw that under Greg Roman. They were historic rushing-wise under Greg Roman. But the creativity in the pass game was just lacking. They weren't growing enough. And for Lamar, the whole comments in that offseason were, well, if he leaves, we're going to be robbed of what Lamar would look like in a Baltimore Ravens offense without Greg Roman outside of, you know, the second half of his rookie season was Marty Morningway, but they bring in Munkin. And I think we started to see the creativity get better 
And they it's not only they brought in Monk in, Odell Beckham Jr. comes in. They draft Zay Flowers, as you talked about. They've added pieces around him because, look, we saw the Cardinals go out and get both DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown for their quarterback who was on a rookie contract. And we saw the Bills get Stephon Diggs for Josh Allen and the Eagles get A.J. Brown. And while Odell isn't on that stratosphere, I still think it's a step in the right direction. And the thing with this Ravens offense, Alex, has been the consistency. There was never going to be a world where with a new system, with multiple new players coming in and the injuries the Ravens have dealt with so far this season, they weren't just going to put up 40 points a game from week one to week 18. There was always going to be some adjustment periods, some very good ups and some very bad downs for the unit. But against Detroit, who has kind of shocked the world almost as one of the best teams in the NFC so far, it was a good barometer test for both the Ravens offense and the Ravens defense. And obviously the Ravens went out there and just went scorched earth on that Detroit Lions team. So I think that while the returns have been inconsistent so far, the hope is that Baltimore's offense found something and found consistency against that Detroit Lions defense that they can carry into this week eight matchup against the Cardinals going to the West Coast and play in that team. But I know we're talking about quarterbacks and a big storyline, Alex, is Kyler Murray. The fact that he practiced in full on Wednesday who knows if that means he's going to play on Sunday? Who knows if there's going to be some sort of pitch count? I see you're shaking your head there. Is this the week Kyler Murray returns, or no. is, is this just another step in the rehab plan? Yeah, because the thing is, the interesting part, as you mentioned, Kevin Ostrecker locked on Ravens, Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals crossover Thursday, is, um, you know, there's no rush to bring Kyler Murray back. And they're not doing the good player on bad team elongate injury time you know, timeline either. They're waiting until it's time. I don't think bringing him back against the Ravens, even though it's at home, I don't think bringing him back against Cleveland on the road against that front seven. And I mean, that that starting 11, that entire defense would, pro- would behoove the future of this team to put Kyler Murray in harm's way with Miles Garrett going up against the left side of the offensive line, which has been putrid so far. I think they target Atlanta uh, in week 10, but like going, like you said a couple of interesting things that, that coincide with the Cardinals path a little bit, you know, first of all, for those that have been everydayers of locked on Cardinals, you know that I've been pounding the table for Zion Johnson. Initially, he went early in that draft. And then I pivoted quickly because he was number two to Tyler Linderbaum center for who could have been the Cardinals center for the next decade. Steve Kime decided to trade a first round pick for Hollywood Brown and who drafted Tyler Linderbaum, the flipping Baltimore Ravens with the Cardinals pick. So it's just kind of, you know, these There are tributaries, there are tentacles around both of these teams that are tied. And another one is the new regime for the Cardinals. You haven't seen Lamar Jackson without Greg Roman save his, you know, the second half of his his rookie year, like you mentioned. The Cardinals haven't seen Kyler Murray without Cliff Kingsbury. And I think that that is, for me, kind of a saving grace in what's the trajectory for this team with Kyler Murray? Because I feel like you take the winning player his whole career over a head coach who had never won anything. Now, fast forward to this season with Jonathan Gannon, Drew Petzing, and Nick Rallis, we're starting to see, and I use this term a lot, the proof of concept necessary to have a capable offense, a capable defense, and a capable 1-53 to on game day that are well-coached, well-prepared, and level-headed for when the infusion of talent does come in when Kyler Murray does come back. And when you look at one of the staples of stability in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens, it's, I've always kind of been jealous from afar, like, man, they just do everything right. 
You know, they just do everything right. They draft right. They trade right. Trading for Roquan Smith when nobody else seemingly wanted to for some reason. Like, you know, drafting Patrick Queen, bringing in Jadavion, like doing these little things in an effort just to have this full team on game day is something that, you know, is an enviable position to be in if you're not actually the Ravens. Do you see that when you're there? Like, do you you appreciate that? Like amid, you know, I mean, everything's everything's messed up. Everybody makes mistakes, but do you appreciate the stability that the Ravens show year every year? I do, and it, it comes from multiple different ways. And I think a big, like, another way that I saw that and how I felt that appreciation was when that player survey came out. Yeah. And I th- I don't, the Cardinals ranked, they weren't great in that, were they? they Wasn't they, great, Bob. Not yeah. great, Bob. Yeah, the the only place where the Ravens ranked poorly, they got an F minus, which I didn't even know was a real grade for for their strength and conditioning, where they got rid of their strength and conditioning coordinator and Steve Saunders. There was a whole scandal with him and and how the Ravens got COVID when they had to have like 19 Mm. people and they had to play that Wednesday afternoon game, which is kind of like a blast from the past now. But Baltimore just seemingly does everything right. And, you know, it's one thing to just kind of look at the organization from the outside in and be like, oh, well, I cover this team or I'm a fan of this team, so I'm going to say that they're great because I, I like them or this is the team that I cover. But it's another thing when players year in and year out, veterans who are looking for a stop, maybe the last stop or the second to last stop or a place to revitalize their career, for the most part, it's not everybody, but for the most part, have glowing things to say about the culture, the family environment, what they do both on and off the field. It's something that you're right. Not a lot of, not let alone NFL teams, professional sports organizations. It's very hard to build that culture. And the Ravens have had that. The Ravens are a loyal organization. Sometimes they can be a bit too loyal to their guys, like we saw with Greg Roman. Probably should have been gone a couple of years prior to when he was. Yeah. But again, that's what happens in organizations like those. Are the Ravens a perfect organization? No, you, you don't have a perfect organization in sports. But for me, when it comes to what we see or have seen over the history, of football, baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer, whatever sport you want to dive into with some of these scandals we've seen and teams selling their souls for players. Baltimore has established what their culture is. And it is something that I think a lot of fans appreciate people who cover the team appreciate. And it's been a joy to be able to see it not only translate off the field and how players and people feel about it, but obviously the on-field product has been consistent too. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's something the Cardinals are looking to strive for with this new regime. Really, I, I've coined the phrase. I mean, it's it's lazy, but it makes sense. Arizona Cardinals 2.0. I mean, it's really a pivot from Steve Kime, who could do no right, aside from maybe bringing in some talent from other teams. It's very hard to build a culture when you're a transplant team like the city in which you play. You know, you can't really build that camaraderie, that family, things like that, that's so prevalent in Baltimore. And I've had the Cardinals kind of looking towards I've implored people to look at the Detroit Lions. Look at what's happening. And it's not that they're going to win a Super Bowl this year. It's not about wins and losses initially. It's functionality. It's trust in a regime. It's players who want to play there. It's drafting well. It's a head coach who is actually the leader of the team. And so far, Jonathan Gannon, Drew Petzing, Nick Rowles with Monty Osford up top have done exactly that to really pivot away from the dysfunctionality and move towards a possibility of greatness that wasn't necessarily there with the restrictor plate that was Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals, Kevin Ostriker locked on Ravens crossover Thursday here. Let's get into the game. Key matchups, uh, another terror horror show nightmare fuel for the Arizona Cardinals secondary. Um, 
Mark Andrews is 6'5". That's not fair. I just looked that up. Let's hit that as we roll on here, Crossover Thursday. This episode of Crossover Thursday is brought to you by DoorDash. So, listen, if you're you got the game on, okay, you got Sunday ticket, you're like, I don't want to move. DoorDash has got you covered, okay? If you're in Arizona, there's Shy Zona Pizza, Barrow's Pizza, Julio's 2. If you don't know what Julio's 2 is, order it on DoorDash today. Or you can wait for Sunday. I mean, you know, football's tonight, so you may as well do that. Um, DoorDash makes everything so incredibly easy. If you get prepared for game day, you can stock up. Like, say you just want wings. There's ATL wings here. And you just it just comes to your damn door, man. It's the easiest thing to get you set up for success without having to leave the comfort of your home. So you can get 50, 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend 15 bucks or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply, but code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to 10 bucks value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend 15 bucks or more. Subject to change terms, they do apply. Crossover Thursday, Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. Follow me on Twitter, Clancy's Corner. Kevin Ostriker locked on Ravens. Follow him at kostriker34 on Twitter. Free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, Monday through Friday for both of us. Go check it out. Kevin does some great work. You can watch my big dumb face. I think it's a it, it's it's a perfect balance. So getting into this game, I'm going to talk from the Cardinals' perspective initially. So the key matchups for me has and will continue to be the pass rush, getting to the quarterback in an effort to make up for the less than great talent in the secondary for the Cardinals. Now, Jalen Thompson should be back. Buda Baker is back. So they are the safety net atop, and they have been, but the cornerback room is inferior, and you look at you look at – Targets like Zay Flowers, who's been running amok in the middle, you know, especially between the 20s. Mark Andrews, who is the second best tight end, could potentially become the first best tight end in the next two years. Odell Beckham Jr. has caused the Cardinals problems um, in the past. I mean, Nelson Aguilar is having a career resurgence here. Like, there are so many oh-nos for the Cardinals where a 10-yard pass can turn into a 70-yard touchdown with the speed the Ravens have on defense. So the pass rush while inferior still is the best chance for the Cardinals to rattle Lamar Jackson, make him maybe make a couple inadvertent throws, maybe have him put the ball on the ground, something like that in an effort to keep this game close. The Cardinals have a plus three turnover, um, uh, uh, they have plus three on the turnovers during the season, but their offense is not great to be able to, you know, transition that into points. But that's the biggest one for me. Kev, I just went on a little rant there. Talk to me about key matchups for you, um, from the Ravens side. Well, and to, to go off of your point, and we'll talk about this in the final segment too, but I think for the Cardinals, part of this is getting to Lamar. You're right. But just maybe like muck up the game a little bit, make it yeah. a sloppy, terrible, horrible game. They've been good at that this year. And that's and, not enough. They've been playing. No, the I, I, I know. Yeah. And that's how the Ravens have lost both their games against the Colts and the Steelers. The Ravens made too many self-inflicted mistakes and the Colts hung around and the Steelers hung around. And by the end of it, the Ravens offense couldn't do enough. And if right at the end, you know, or in overtime for the Colts and regulation, 
boom, it, it happens then. So that to me is kind of a, a path to victory. I kind of teased the third segment a little bit. Yeah. But I keep Matt, I mean, we have to talk about the Marquise Brown thing. We just have to because how his tenure ended in Baltimore didn't feel like the Ravens were the best fit for him. And I think that had a lot to do with the offense. It definitely wasn't a Lamar thing. Him and Lamar are very close, much like Kyler and Marquise Brown mm-hmm. are very close. But Lamar talked about it yesterday. He was asked about Marquise Brown, and, and he said, look, if it was up to me, he'd still be here. I mean, those two are still very close. And he he and this Ravens offense, maybe not so much Greg Roman, because you could make the argument, all right, Marquise Brown's going to come up on an extension in a few years here. In a Greg Roman offense, that the pass offense features tight ends and features running backs. Are you paying a wide receiver 20-plus million annually? It just never made sense. So in this offense, it makes a lot more sense. But with Marquise... Well, they'll they'll travel to him. He's not coming back to Baltimore. Right. It's still going to be a very intriguing thing to me because you probably put Marlon Humphrey on him. You know, I, I'm not sure there's going to be shadowing going on, but Baltimore's pass defense, Alex, has been so much better than I thought it would be this year. And a lot of that has to do with Kyle Hamilton playing lights out football in his second year. But they've had these guys step up like the Ravens aren't where they are today without guys like Geno Stone who was a sixth-round pick, or maybe it was seventh, a seventh-round pick for them a couple of years ago, got cut twice during his rookie season. He's the interception leader throughout the entire league right now. Justin Matabike, five-and-a-half sacks, Patrick Queen playing lights out. Roquan Smith, obviously, you mentioned that trade earlier. He, he didn't practice on Wednesday with a shoulder injury, so that's just something to monitor as the week goes on. But their defense is playing great. And so with James Conner on injured reserve, he was great for him before he ended up going down. And I'll, I'll go on. A, I'll do my own rant here. Fantasy football. You know, we talk about it all the time. I invested in a lot of James Conner stuff, right? He goes on IR. I need a running back for last week. And I'm in like these 12, te- 12 teamers, three wide receivers. There's nobody on the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. I go, you know what? Keontae Ingram got 10 carries last week. So I'm going to put him in my lineup. And what happened with Keontae Ingram? Not only did he get no carries, did he play an offensive snap? I think he may have played one. Yeah. So the Ravens run defense going up against that Cardinals rushing offense. Who It's a couple of contributors. Who knows if Keontae Ingram is going to do anything this week. But if you can eliminate that early, you can take out – because within any offense, regardless of how good or bad or high-powered or low-powered they are, if you can make them one-dimensional, it eliminates an area where your defense can get beat. These you know crazy games that teams can just come out of the blue and have. So if you can stop the Cardinals rushing offense – and whether Kyler comes back or not, really, I, I wouldn't expect him to, just like you were talking about. But if it is Josh Dobbs, force Josh Dobbs to throw the football. The way that this Ravens defense has been, they're a top unit in sacks. Everybody, Jadavian Clowney's had a resurgent year. Kyle Van Noy is playing great football. Adafi Owe just came back. It's, you know, every next man is stepping up. And so getting pressure on Josh Dobbs, that offensive line for Arizona versus the Ravens pass rush, kind of what you were talking about with the Cardinals pass rush versus the Ravens offensive line. That's a big one to me because if you can speed up that internal clock and force Josh Dobbs and do a couple of mistakes, those could be killers, especially with if the Ravens offense can do what they did in Detroit, which is put up 38 points. Yeah. And just a little, and that's all right. I mean, I agree. God, they just draft so well. The Ravens just draft so well. I mean, getting there's no reason why, a Ravens team who had won as one of as many games as they have can draft Patrick Queen, Tyler Linderbaum, and 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 uh, and Kyle Hamilton. I mean, these guys are top flight guys that they got in the twenties, 
And it's just like, you don't have to draft in the top five to have top tier talent. And all you do is you stack a couple of years in a row, like they have, and then you can bring in the free agents. You can overpay Odo Beckham Jr., which wasn't overpay. We all know it. Like you can do things and, and um, afford to do it, which is just, it's just absolutely wild. Now, at, before we pivot to the paths of victory, I do want to give you a little, a little stat here. The Cardinals lost 26 to nine to the Rams last week. They turned the Rams over three times and got three points off those turnovers combined. So the thing is with the Cardinals, and I talk about this every Friday, like I could copy and paste every final segment of the week because the paths to victory are the same. The turnover battle is you have to win the turnover battle and not turn the ball over, which is such an incredibly tall task for Joshua Dobbs to come in. He's not a great quarterback. Nobody said he was. He's played out of his mind the first few weeks. I think that's a testament to Drew Petzing and Joshua Dobbs being so smart and understanding his means with this offense, plus James Conner running the ball as effectively as he did, as you mentioned. It's going to be Amari DiMarcado, the undrafted rookie out of TCU, who's played meaningful snaps. Um, but if the Cardinals don't run the ball, it's going to be very, very difficult for them to put up points um, on Sunday, even though it's at home. Let's talk about pass to victory next. Alex Lancey locked on Cardinals. Kevin Ostriker locked on Ravens here on a crossover Thursday on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This episode of Locked On Cardinals and Locked On Ravens, as it were, is brought to you by FanDuel. So FanDuel is very near and dear to all of our hearts here. And I didn't I didn't see what the over-under was for this game um as of this as of this podcast, because I know it's fluctuating with you know many different things. Like I can't find 40 points in this game. But if you can, go to FanDuel.com. FanDuel not only has you with the over-under, spreads, player props, whatever. If you're a new customer, you can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 200 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Um, my co-host of Locked on NFL Thursday, he Tyler Rowland, loves same-game parlays. Bet a little, win a lot with a bunch of different over-unders and things like that. One bet, who knows? You could strike it rich over at... FanDuel. Uh, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on for that $200 bonus and bonus bets guaranteed. If you're a new player, just by, you know, betting five bucks, visit FanDuel.com and, you know, have some fun. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This episode of Locked On uh, Crossover Thursday is also brought to you by Jace Medical. So here's the thing. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world today, and it's important to be prepared. The Jace case brought to you by Jace Medical, is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace Medical now offers customizable for you Jace cases with dozens of add-on medications. Choose the medications that best fit you and your family's unique needs. And they're continually working to expand their medication offerings and in these recent offerings, they've added uh, ivermectin and an option in the Jace case, which is huge. So go to jacemedical.com and enter code Locked On at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code Locked On at J-A-S-E medical.com. Final segment here, Alex Clancy, Kevin Ostriker, crossover Thursday, Cardinals, Ravens. 
The Cardinals have been in every game this year, save probably the 49ers game where they were down two touchdowns at halftime. They were in the game against the Bengals until late. They were in the game. I mean, they beat Dallas. Um, they've been, I mean, they were in it. They were leading at halftime against the Rams last week. I feel like this is the toughest task the Cardinals have faced, even, even over San Francisco, because it's Lamar Jackson. And this defense is terrible. Just because, I mean, this is part of the, this is part of the growth of this team into functionality. It's going to take two years. The defense has been severely lacking talent-wise this season. I don't see many paths to victory here for the Cardinals, but if there were one, they would have to turn Lamar Jackson over a couple times, have him throw errant passes, which he has a proclivity to do when under pressure, um, and keep Lamar Jackson also in front of you. You cannot let Lamar Jackson have his 12 carry for 120 yards and two touchdown game because it comes easy to him with some, so much open space. And I think those are the two things. And if they can keep Lamar Jackson contained and win the turnover battle, you said it yourself, if they play ugly, they have a chance to win. And, and then the last thing here, and I'll pass it over to you, is long sustained drives, which is difficult without a run game. But Drew Petzing has been a master most of the time at eating the hell out of the clock because the best defense for the Cardinals is the offense staying on the field. And to me, I think that's exactly what the Ravens, you know, under Greg Roman, that was their bread and butter. It was, we're going to have these long sustained eight, nine, 10, 11 minute drives and just run the ball down your throat. And that's not, that's not what the Ravens are doing this year. I mean, when you look at what they did against Detroit, I mean, this game was over Alex in the middle of the second quarter. The Lions yeah. had to go for it on fourth down from the Ravens 49 on fourth and eight and six fourth down attempts total for Detroit in this game. They just had to go for it every single time. And what the Ravens did early in that game was, first of all, John Harbaugh took the ball instead of deferring. He won the coin toss and took it. But these these drives were not long. Seven plays, 75 yards, four minutes, 23 seconds in the opening drive. 11 plays, 68 yards, touchdown, 546. Eight plays, 92 yards, touchdown, 357. Six plays, 80 yards, touchdown, 256. The Ravens are efficient, and they're getting it done. They're saying, you know what, we, tr we don't need to extend this game. We know what our offense has, and I mean, it hasn't really been consistent the entire year outside of Detroit. But to me, the Ravens do have a history, and I think every team has it to an extent, of playing up and down the competition. We've seen it so far this year, and while the Ravens are going to be favored in this game, they're going to be talked about all week as, oh, how, how would they lose this game? As you talked about, if, they, if the Cardinals start to play this ugly brand of football, which again, it's not me dissing them, it's what they would have to do in order to win, in my opinion— the Ravens have to be able to do a couple of things. One, convert in the red zone. The Ravens were a great red zone conversion team early in the season. First four weeks, tops in the league, 80%. But then the next two weeks, they went two for nine, headlined by a one for six performance against the Titans, which they somehow still won that game despite going one for six in the red zone. But then Detroit, they go five for six, and they get that out of the way. So I think that if they also limit their mistakes, there, there has been a fumbling issue in Baltimore this year where Lamar Jackson and his running backs can't get on the same page. Guys aren't holding the ball tight enough. Defenders are making good plays. We saw that whether it is penalties or fumbles or drops, these self-inflicted wounds have come back to hurt the Ravens, especially when the offense can't get it going and there's not a full 60-minute consistent effort. So, I mean, look, if, if we're talking who's going to win, I know we'll probably get to it here in a couple minutes. 
I say it's probably going to be the Ravens just because like, look on, you look on paper, they're better in almost every phase. But again, people weren't expecting the Cardinals to come into this year and win the Super Bowl. This was obviously, whether you want to call it a rebuild or a retool or whatever it is, that's what they were going for, especially with the, their draft capital situation next year. So for me, I think that, as you talked about, the Cardinals have actually played better than I thought they were going to this year. While their record won't say it, and maybe the box scores won't say it, you're right. They have been in a lot of the games they've played this year. So maybe this is another close game early and the Ravens pull away late. But if Baltimore can limit their mistakes and just play their brand of football, I think that's their easiest path to victory against the Cardinals team that at least on paper, to me, looks outmatched. Yeah, you know, the Cardinals' first halves have been excellent and the second halves have not been. And, you know, the coaching staff has gotten flack. Well, you can't adjust. It's hard to adjust with the talent level the Cardinals have. They give it their best shot. They stay in games and you try to hold on. And the Cardinals haven't, as you mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, they haven't just been blown out to start a game. They haven't gone down 24 nothing at halftime. Everything's been close, save that San Francisco game. And I have a fear that this is the first game where the wheels are going to fall off. I just think, and, and I don't say that in joke. I hope it doesn't. You know, obviously you want the Cardinals to contend, but Joshua Dobbs now has seven weeks of tape on him. And this is something where it's like there's enough sample size where it's like, oh, there's a new quarterback. You know, rookies have spurts where they succeed because college tape doesn't mean jack in the NFL. So, you know, you have that little leg up at times and then, you know, defenses catch up. And I think this is a time where it could really be problematic for the Cardinals to stay in this early. I could like if the Cardinals give up 25 points or less, that's a win. I see that as a massive win. Now, let me ask you this. And I, I don't want Ross Jackson to get mad at me. So we got about a minute and a half here. If the Cardinals were to game plan and scheme around stopping one guy in one minute or less, should it be Zay Flowers or Mark Andrews? I think if, if you have to put attention on somebody, I would do Zay Flowers. And that's not a knock at Mark Andrews. But Zay one-on-one, -on -one is there's no stopping. He's a terror. Like, Peter King said it in his training camp previews. You got to either hold the guy or interfere with him if you want to win one-on-one. -on -one. With Mark Andrews, he'll beat you one-on-one. -on -one. It's kind of like the pick the poison thing that you have to do. It was almost like what the Ravens had with Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews back when Marquise was still with the yeah. Ravens. But Zay Flowers, his route running is devastating. And with Mark Andrews, at least you can hope that a linebacker or safety can blanket him enough on a contested catch opportunity where he can be open. But with Zay Flowers, he will get open in one-on-one -on -one situations. So you have to bring help on him. And that's the dilemma of trying to stop this Ravens offense. 27-10 Ravens, Kev? I'll go I'll go 28-17 Ravens. Kevin Ostriker locked on Ravens at K Ostriker 3-4 on Twitter. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals at Clancy's Corner on Twitter. We will talk to you on our respective podcast tomorrow.